Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Dave original podcast. This podcast contains strong language, drug, and sexual references. You're welcome. Jordan Brooks, look at what you've done. I'm Jordan Brooks. To audiences, I'm known as an award-winning, critically acclaimed comedian. To my friends and family, I'm also known as an award-winning, critically acclaimed comedian because I refuse to let anyone see the real me. This week, I'm joined by Jamali Maddox, who you will have seen on all sorts of stuff, including Taskmaster, Hypothetical, Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and the hugely acclaimed Hate Thy Neighbour. In this, we talk about his early days as a precociously hairy teen. People treat me like a big man. Finding his purpose in life. I realised what funny was. And the ultimately fatal idolising of his favourite comedian. Yeah, yeah, same cancer too. Jamali. Hello. What's up, Jordan? How you doing, bruv? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. How did you come to be in this world? In terms of, like, the, my actual inception? Yeah, please. What, well, you mean, like, my, parent, my parents fucking? Yes, talk about it. I, I, yeah, I, I weren't there. Well, I mean, I, technically, I was there, I guess, but not consciously. Um, not aware. No. I, well, I guess it's, it started from uh, um, uh, where my parents met, I guess. My mum worked at a ticket booth. And then my uh, right. my dad hit on her at the ticket booth, and then they mm-hmm. went on the first. They went to go on the first date, but this is like pre-mobile, and she came late, so he nearly left. Because back then you could just disappear, innit? Yeah, it was so oh, it was so easy to ghost back in the day. Yeah, oh, it was brilliant, great. <laughs> Love to do that now because now people know where yeah. you can just you can just get a hold of me at all times. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
either hit me on the Twitter or the gram. I'm available on both. <laughs> yeah, if I don't reply to something within five minutes, I, I yeah. genuinely have lost interest. That means I've gone for it. Yeah, or, or I'm dead. That's the two. Yeah. <laughs> That's the two <laughs> yeah. things. I've lost interest or I'm dead. I'm a dead person. Yeah. Um, and maybe like a year and a half, two years later, I was born. Do you reckon when your parents conceived you, do you do you think it was like a, a happy a happy come no 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 that was uh that no. was hate that was that was that was hate fucking <laughs> it was a hate it was a hate oh yeah i mean they okay. broke they left they broke up when i was two so i guess that was some serious oh did they oh and they were young too like they were like my parent my mom had me at 23 right and by right. then she already had another kid like she had my older sister uh, okay so she was making these mad choices because like you having two kids by 23, bro, in the fucking 90s. What were you like? Because I thought, right, because I've always known you as having a lot of hair on your face. Mm. I'm always really jealous of people who can grow beards. Yeah, I'm yeah, bald yeah. and I can't grow a beard. And I know that this is how I'm going to look until the day I die. Jordan, come on, it'll get worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, you won't look like this forever. This is the peak. Today this is the best vinegar. you will look for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's, uh, what you gotta, that's what happens when you get to a certain age. You realise, oh, this is the best I'm ever going to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you for that. It's all right. I can't imagine you without a beard. So when I think about you as a baby, I imagine you as a bearded baby. No, no. I used to have a real clean cut. Uh, Do you know what, yeah? I I only started growing a beard when I was 18. I used to have the line. You know the line? Mm. Like the little goatee looking like fucking Craig David in that first album. Were you like one of the kids at school, like one of the first ones to have like a goatee of just like six single strands? Yeah, I had wisps. Mm. Mm Mm-mm-mm. But I'll be with you. I looked mad old young. I started puberty quick. So I was like, I was maybe six foot when I was like 14. Oh and God. I had like a little bit of a beard and, you know what I'm saying? Were you able to like pass for older? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was the guy buying the cigarettes and the booze and that. Growing up, did people did people assume that you knew more about life yeah. than you did? People treat me like <laughs> a big man. They'll be like, people, people be like, <laughs> but you knew nothing. Bro, people that actual age, I'm like, bruv, I'm 15. What do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm acting like a 15 year old. But yeah, like I, I always, I always got treated older than I was. Like I was always treated like a man. Did you ever think like, oh, hang on a minute, can I, can I not just play with my Lego? Why, why have I got to read Ulysses? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why am I doing my taxes? Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like, yeah. There was always a sort of expectation to be more mature or to be something mm. like i remember there was a story my my uh godfather used to say i got this uh godfather and he's a fucking nutter like even to this day he's in his 50s he was meant to come watch me in a, do a show and this guy's like 55 yeah and he was meant to come watch me at the comedy store and he's rang my dad and he goes oh, i can't make it i've just had a fight on the tube but like, he's still <laughs> getting into scraps they used to have like gold teeth and he goes, yeah, I lost him in a fight. Like he's just always fighting people. Like right, he's just right. mad. I remember, well, actually, I'll tell you one story about this guy when I was a kid. And this was a defining moment in my childhood. Uh, is that he, uh, I bit him on his hand once. And he goes, uh, and he goes, if you bite me again, I'm gonna fucking bite your back. And I went, bruv, you can't bite me. And I bit him and he fucking bit me. What? Yeah, How old were you? Oh, mate, young, young. <laughs> I, was, honestly, I mean, any age for an yeah, adult to yeah, bite. Yeah, but like, I must have been about, uh, I must have been about maybe uh, six. Oh, my like, God. Like, bit me to it, bit me to the, like, skin marks. To the, to the bone. <laughs> to the bone, to the bone. <laughs> and I remember I told my dad, I was like, yo, Uncle just bit me. And he goes, yeah, well, you ain't going to fucking bite him again, isn't it? And I went, yeah, good point. I never bit him again. <laughs> That's some proper old school children, but anyway, 
And I remember, like, because I didn't talk. I started speaking quite late, but I looked massive. Because mm. when I was born, I must have been about, I think I, my mum was saying I was, like, maybe 11 pounds or something. Right. So I was, I was just, like, a big baby. Yeah. And, and I looked older as a kid. So when I, I was wearing, like, you know, two-year-old clothes and stuff and that. And then so people would be like, why isn't he talking? Why isn't he talking? Why isn't he talking? And my uncle would just always threaten people. He goes, bro, shut up before I slap you, man. He's fine. Shut up before I bite you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was always threatening people because they were like, why isn't he talking? <laughs> you just, you couldn't speak. Were you speaking in like a made up language? Because that's what I did till I was about two and a half. Three. I can't remember. It's just I just didn't really speak. I just started speaking late. And the, the story is that I didn't speak. And then one day I started speaking and never shut the fuck up. <laughs> that was the story. Well, you're obviously staying silent, man. You, you're accumulating wisdom. Picking my words, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I, was yeah, Buddha, yeah. I was Buddha under the tree. Just <laughs> I think all parents, they just change the narrative as they go. Mm. According to who you are. My mum said to me, like, you was always a funny baby. And I go, fuck off. What do you mean funny baby? <laughs> always cracking wise as yeah. a toddler. Was I, like, was I? You're just saying that because you're proud of what I do today. Exactly, yeah. People want to, like, create a sense of destiny, don't they? A sense yes. Of, well, this has all made sense. But the original question, how was my childhood? <sighs> Fine. Miserably <laughs> like most childhoods in, you know. Yeah, I had, I had two separate kind of childhoods, though. So I had my mum's side which were more kind of like, um, uh, they were like white working class, small family. And then my dad's side, which were all like Jamaicans and very loud. And so seeing quite different worlds from that, quite different sides of London as well. Do you know what I mean? On the Thursday, I'm eating fucking suet dumplings and fucking beef stew and shit. And then go to my Jamaican side and it's all ackee and saltfish and... Passing the Dutchie to the left-hand side. Yeah, passing the Dutchie to the left. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, you know, and it's a cultural thing, isn't it? Because I was smoking weed early too. Mm-hmm. I smoked a zoot with my auntie when I was maybe like, you know, 15. Which I look back it's, on that now and I go, fuck, that's kind of crazy. But that was just, yeah. it's just culturally like, it just weren't... It's normal, yeah. So you had these two very different worlds. Did you have a favourite <laughs> one? Was there one where you felt m- more comfortable? Yeah... I felt more comfortable with the sort of uh, loud side and Jamaican side. Not not because of anything of more comfort, but just in terms of I fa- I fa- I've always found eccentricity fascinating. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I love my mum's side less, you know what I mean? Because they kind of raised me more. But it was always, it was just like I always found more comfort in chaos and I found more comfort in the loudness of it all. The thing about the quiet that kind of always bothered me. It feels more uh, authentic when you're around chaos. It feels like this is, this is, this is. These are people expressing themselves more truthfully, or expressing what it means to be a person more truthfully. Yeah, yeah, and I think as well, it's like, you know, especially to know what I became, in terms mm. of the type of man I became in my, you know, as I got older, it makes sense. Where then I didn't understand it, you know. What I mean mm-hmm. that I didn't realize how that I was just. With, you know what I mean? And I'm sure you feel the same. You know, you're just different. You're just kind of a bit, you're just a bit fucking mental. Yeah, you spend your adult life trying to make all of that make sense. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this exactly. guy, I, can't, I can't just discard all of this. I'm going to have to yeah, make yeah. it somehow pay off. Yeah. So I grew up in Ilford, and Ilford was a sh- like becoming a shithole when I grew up there too. Is it another one of those places in London that's like up and coming and it's been up and coming for 20 oh, years? Oh my God, they've been saying that forever. So basically, <laughs> in my area, there was a lot of um, properties were cheap. And they were made um, drug rehabilitation centers, warehousing drug addicts without treatment. A lot of drug dealers had moved in uh, because of the rise in sort of uh, all these. Dr- and it was just, I remember like the change being when I was like maybe 13 
and it just sort of went a bit crazy. And it was like, so you felt it, you felt and saw oh, yeah, the, yeah. the shit. It was one summer, one summer there was like, I think there was like three shootings and four, like four or five stabbings. And, wow. and I remember like, I remember growing up in London, man, there'll be times where you would be coming home from somewhere, like out, you go central and you get a bus back and you'd be in a different area. So would you be avoiding certain areas and, and stuff? I never gangbanged in it. Like some of my friends did and like I was around it, but I, I was, I was a comedian. Like I wasn't out here gangbanging and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I know gangbanging has a different connotation. Uh, but, yeah, it does um, keep saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't out here gangbanging. <laughs> I was very, just one man, one woman, like Jesus wanted. <laughs> but, um, but I wasn't really, uh, I wasn't doing that shit. But you would, yeah, it, would be, it, was, it was a thing called uh, being caught slipping. So you'd be in another area and yeah. they would ask you where you're from. So that ever happened to you? Did anyone ever confront you or did you ever find yourself in a situation right. where you were like, oh shit, well, here we go. I was kind of big in it. So I was cool on that front. And I wasn't like, I'm not no fucking Yeah, people thought you were but... a 40 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Married They're like, Let, he's going to work. Leave him be, yeah. bro. He's got his kids, bro. <laughs> he's going to work dressed as a schoolboy. Leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. I was in some sticky situations, but I, I was like, I always got out of it. Like I was calm. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And you sort of know how to navigate and you know, you sort of might, you know, you know someone from the area or, you know, you sort of know one or two of them. You might know that guy's brother. Or, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it was all like, you know, so you know how to navigate. You're very relational and very easygoing. Like, you yeah. know how to how to connect with people quite easily. Like, you're not, you're not someone who would ruffle people's feathers easily, right? No. Unless you wanted no. to. Yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, you, I had some situations, but nothing like too, too crazy, crazy. And if I look back on it now... I look back on it as a scope as a man. It was mostly, you know, something I fucked up with. Do you know what I mean? Or it was my doing or, do you know what I mean? Did you go to uni and stuff when you were 18? What mm. did you do as you sort of head to, headed towards your 20s? So I was a bum. So basically what happened was, yeah, is I went college. I went college for three years because mm-hmm. I had no qualifications in school. So I left school with nothing. And then I, I went college I did acting in college and I knew that if I went college in my area, I wouldn't get nothing done. Mm-hmm. And I was doing like, and I did acting and I'll be real with you. I didn't want to act with people I grew up with, like people I knew in my area. I didn't want to be <laughs> you, doing you Shakespeare. You knew they weren't good actors. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't want to act in front of them. Right. I didn't right. want to do Shakespeare and all this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause that shit was like, you know, I thought, I thought, even though I wanted to do it, a part of me thought that shit was kind of lame, innit? Well, it's like if you get seen doing something by someone who knows you f- from another world, then yeah. you suddenly feel this, like, embarrassment, this shame. So I went college outside. So I went college in central London. Right. So I went college in... Uh, so this is when I'm some 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. And because um, I hated school, I fucking love college, man. Like, college yeah. was such a fun time in my life. Like, I remember we would go college in central. So our campuses were, like, Warren Street, our campuses was Soho and this is when Soho was still Soho mm-hmm. so we'd go you'd go peep shows you would go fucking annoy the um the bouncers at the at the strip club mm. that would like um rob people and you'd go there and you say yo let's try and hustle to get in and you'd be like fuck off and, do you know what I mean like just like dumb shit like <laughs> I go run, like running peep shows, look at some titties for two pound, and you'd fucking. They'll be shouting like, at you, going, "Take your sons elsewhere, sir." Yeah, 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 man. You do all that shit. You do all that shit, man. You go, and then you had all like the the street walkers and stuff, where you go into sex shops, and it's just like all oh, fuck it. What Soho was, and you go buy bags of weed for five pound, and it was a fun time, man. Like it was like yeah, proper yeah. like fun, fun time. And then they moved us to the King's Cross campus, yeah, and it's where they put everybody, and it was like they put all the hood guys 
in this campus. So they would come to our plays, but they would just like heckle us and shit. So they'll be like, yo, what, you wearing jazz shoes? Yeah, I see you with your jazz shoes, bro. Like, <laughs> Doing King Lear, are you? Yeah, right, bro. And they would like, yeah. One time they made us do like a musical. They made us do Bugsy Malone. Oh, that's And I familiar. remember me and my boy, we fought our hardest to get out of the singing part and we got out of it. And when they would come to like, they would heckle the show and stuff because we had moved campus. So these guys were doing like fucking, these were all the guys that basically got kicked out of school and got sent to college. Mm-hmm. So these little fucking ruffians and hooligans, right? And then they would, um, and they would come heckle. But then what I realized was, is that, okay, any role I'm in, I just have to make it funny. Yeah, yeah. Bro, it doesn't matter what play it was, yeah, I would find <laughs> any funny bit. Death of a salesman, just hamming it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did all of that, bro. So we were doing like, and we were doing like, you know, like, you know, college plays are like, I'm pregnant. And there's this, uh, and then a knife crying. Yeah, and then yeah. I'd be like the funny dad. Because I just couldn't <laughs> fucking face being like genuine while people are just getting heckled to fuck. But you loved it, right? You you, oh, you loved performing time. and stuff, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Mum said to me after college, she goes, "All right, you either get a job or you gotta go uni." Yeah. And I was like, well, "Fuck getting a job," because I only had two mm. jobs and they were both shit. I sold double glazing, and I was a paintball referee. What? I sold double glazing on the phone. Yeah, yeah. And what happened was, is it was a scam. <laughs> so what it was is, is like it got it got raided by the police for credit card fraud. And I remember I only wanted the basic. So what I would do is I would be on the phone and I'd say to someone, I'd say, listen, I don't want to sell you this. You don't want to buy it. I just need to be on the phone. Tell me about your day. And there'll be like an old woman being like, well, I went to the shops. And just like mm-hmm. she had no one else to talk to. And I, I'd done that for maybe three shifts. And I got fired for being late. And then I was a paintball referee. And they only paid you £30 a day and it was a 12-hour shift and you have to carry these big fucking gas canisters. And oh I would have to like uh, repair your gun uh, if it jammed and, and I got shot all the time. And I remember one time I got shot and it went in my mask and it hit my ball bag. Oh my God. And I said, you know what? I'm done. And I left. And uh, so I only done two shifts of that and that's the only jobs I ever had. That's a really fancy name to give it though. For for what? someone who was basically just a sort of paintball caddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paintball caddy. Oh, sorry. It was a, I was a paintball engineer and marshal. <laughs> That's what they used to call us. Paintball engineers and marshals. They go, marshal. Oh you God. have to run over and you get this tube and fucking get the gun out. And... <laughs> so I can strip down a fucking paintball gun like that. Yeah, yeah. But I you can't sell at... double glazing. I can. I was bad, so bad. Because it was like, you was the bait. And you'd get them in and then you would send them to the other people and all the other guys. And it was all guys from the area with these little shits and that wearing suits that were too big for them. But then what they were doing is they would get, they were just running credit card scams, basically. What it I had a similar job. Actually. I worked at a place called, I think it was something called like, mm. it was all like 16 year olds just sat in their tracks at bottoms. And we, we'd go through the auto trader and we'd have to call people and go, we've seen you're selling your car here. Do you want to sell it through us as well? And it was a total scam. And I remember we turned up, well, I turned up for, for a shift one day and the office was just empty. They just, <laughs> it, it was <laughs> over. Fucking, yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, I, swear, I worked there. I used to do like little odd jobs here and there, like leafleting mm. or a bit of labouring. What, what uni did you go to? I went twice. I went London Met and I done film and broadcast. And I remember 
I got kicked out because uh, I never went in and I never did no work. And I remember I went back. My mum was like, well, you, if you don't go back, you got to fucking... I was like, fuck. So I went and I remember I went to like the meeting you have and I was like, you know, I'm sorry. And I'm dedicated to the course and all this shit. And, I, and then they went, um, okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, so let's get... Uh, one on the computer and he goes uh, how many uh, how many lectures have you been to would you say mm-hmm. I went I don't know maybe like you know maybe like 40% you know and he went it says here you've been to two lectures <laughs> and I was like yeah alright and they go yeah you're not coming back I went, oh, cool and then I went to Salford uh, and by that time I was kind of doing stand up but they just weren't working for me really like I weren't getting no so you work. started stand up quite quite early yeah yeah I started stand up at like maybe I did my first show at like 17 16 but Fucking I hell. I took it seriously at like 19 so I was yeah. doing it around 19 20 um but every time anyone asks me how long you been doing stand up I always go two years yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. it's funny that I've got two years you know and I did comedy practice and performance just because I thought I'll be, you know, I sort of do comedy mm. now. So it's just something to do while I'm doing stand-up. Well, a couple of things had happened. I nearly died, basically. What happened? I got this tattoo done on my arm. Yeah. Which is a fucking shit tattoo. And um, it got infected. And I had collapsed in my apartment. And I banged my head. And it was so loud that my roommate heard it over the music. And he's like, are you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm cool. And I went to sleep, as you should do. Uh, for all the kids out there, if you ever have a head injury, go straight to bed. I had a, a and I, I went to sleep. Uh, don't, don't. We're definitely going to have to cut that all. Yeah, okay. That is not. <laughs> yeah, I'm that joking, is not I'm informed joking. medical advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I went to bed and I started hallucinating and sweating and called the ambulance oh, and they were like, "Oh, like what happened to your arm?" And they were like, "And so they took me to hospital." And long story short, is I went blind, and they said I had a blood infection. Uh, I got cellulitis. Wow. And um, and then so I took some time off of uni, but when I had um, uh, come out of the hospital that night, I had the student shoot all uh, uh, heat. The big one. And then I went and did the heat. Yeah, I went and did the heat. you got to get those ones right, man, because when they record those and they put them on YouTube yeah. and yeah. they refuse to take them down, no matter how yeah, many yeah, times yeah. you ask. Oh, no, no, they never take it down. And, uh, <laughs> but I won, I won the heat. In that video, I had just come out of hospital that day mm. and I won the heat. I think I just, just before I went on stage, I took the fucking tape off my arm right, right. where they had the tubes in me and shit. And everyone was saying to me, you have such a laid back style, but it's just where I was off on fucking drugs. <laughs> and then I quit uni after that. And then something else happened at uni that made me, well, it didn't really make me quit, but it kind of made me realize I shouldn't be there. Was they had like um, the third years do stand up as their last module. Oh, good God. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they bring in a comedian to give them advice. And they brought in Jason Manford, right? Wow. So Jason Manford's watching all these people do their fucking set and it's fucking gash. Like, it's yeah. a proper gash comedy. And then they said, anyone in the first year want to go up? So I went up and, you know, done well. And then Jason was like, he just said to me, he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, mate, I'll be honest with you. Just quit uni, mate. And he goes, you're a comedian. What the fuck you want to be here for? Just quit. Wow. And I went, and all right, cool. And then, um, and I saw him a couple of years later, actually. And he said to me, like, yeah, no, you, it's good you quit, man. <laughs> he goes, that's a waste of fucking time. That course is a waste of fucking time. But uh, yeah, he told me to quit. They're you, weird you. courses, those the, those comedy ones, because it, it's sort of, I, I guess it like crystallizes the idea that it can be taught. And you I don't, 
I'm not sure how how much I agree with that. I, I just don't, I just don't know. I think in theory you can learn how to be funny, but I don't think you can yes. do it in a classroom. No, 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 no. Like any, any any young person that says to me like, "Oh, how do you do comedy?" Well, I want to do this course. I say, "Well, that grand you was going to spend on the course, put that on petrol money and go mm. do gigs. You ain't going to learn yeah, no other yeah. way." If there's like a more seasoned comedian, you know, if he's a nice guy or a nice lady, he he'll put you on some game and tell you some shit do you know what I mean for free yeah totally do you know what I mean no, totally. you, 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 you can go up to a comedian and say hey how'd you do this and nine out of ten times they'll fucking tell you they'll, oh, people, people love that. yeah they love to talk you. about their process they love to talk about your process they sit there <laughs> break up that bottle of Voss water thank you for asking well that's a very good point but yes, yeah, so I, I bust out of uni. So I did go uni and I had fun at uni, you know, especially the second time I lived in Manchester. Mm. Manchester is a great city. And I was sort of going back and forth to London at the time. But I had a good, like, you know, there, you know, like, you know, it's just sort of running around, you know, drinking, having fun. So you, so you, so you went straight into comedy and then, mm. well, you've just been doing it ever since. So I left uni at 24 and then I won the Chortle. And then the day after I won the tool, I just said, fuck it. Because I got an agent at that time. And then, um, yeah, and I just decided. And my agent said to me, he goes to me like, uh, you know, you can go, if you want, you can stay in uni and finish it. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. Was there anything in particular that got you interested in performance? Wanting to perform. Like, I just, I just love that. Like, I got that feeling of validation, which I didn't get from other parts of my life. So it was like, was it, it was like proving your worth. It was proving my worth. It was pro- and it's also a survival technique because it's like, I'm in special education. And I think the first time I went on stage was, I was in primary school and it was like a talent show, right? And I must have been super, super young. There was a sketch group called The DD Show and it was a guy called Declan and fucking, I wanted, I forgot, it was Daniel and Declan. And they had like this little shitty sketch show. And it was fucking whack, brother, yeah. Well, and they I were mean, your age as well. They were yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember yeah. I really wanted to be a oh, part of their sketch so show. Precocious. Yeah, and I really wanted to be a part of the sketch show. And they were like, all right, cool. You can do a little bit in the end and that's it. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then basically, you know that thing when kids don't want to go on stage and they start crying? Mm-hmm. They both started crying. They didn't want to go on stage. And so the teacher... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the they te- come up with a little sketch act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were shook. <laughs> and then the, the teacher just looked at me and she said, Jamali, go out there and do something. So I went, you got to fill an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just went out there and I just did like what is stand-up kind of, but without just making it up. So yeah. I was like, I went out there and I was like a little fat kid, didn't it? I'd be like, go yeah, shake my hand. Yeah. You can't touch this. And just like, I'm fucking murdered, didn't it? And then from there, they <laughs> probably got the bug. Oh, mate, it killed they should do a student short or student but for like primary school level oh that would be proper gash wouldn't it <laughs> and then we should like heckle them there would still be like really shitty comments on YouTube going like appalling it's six <laughs> years old what, another woke piece of shit <laughs> all this woke comedy um, but yeah and then so that I tell you there was a real defining moment I know it sort of becomes quite cliche and quite hack when comedians say this but like it is context to it is I remember I was, this is another time I knew I wanted to do comedy. And then I think I was, at, I must've been about 14 and I was at my dad's house and I was smoking weed and I was watching channel four's greatest comedians. Mm. And then 
Bill Hicks came on. I was like, that changed everything, bro. I started smoking cigarettes. I started fucking wearing all black. But watching that was like, I needed to do that. Mm. I don't know what it was. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I needed to do that. I just wanted to be funny for money. That's all I ever want is mm-hmm. funny. Like there's something about funny that just always had an appeal and a lure to me. You know what I mean? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> so your, your emulation of, of Bill Hicks uh, was so extreme that you, you actually ended up deliberately contracting cancer and dying at age 32 just like him yeah yeah same cancer too i went for pancreatic yeah so you yeah you went for pancreatic yeah 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 because he died of pancreatic cancer because at first when i when i went to the private physician i was like hey i want to die at 32 of cancer mm-hmm. and he was like well yeah. go for lung because you know smoke cigarettes and i was that like was no easy. i yeah, need yeah. i need pancreatic cancer and when and he understood presumably when you said, "Oh, I'm trying to do a Bill Hicks," and he went, "Oh, okay, no problem." And he got out a specific file for that. Yeah, I'm not the first. Uh, yeah. I wasn't. I'm, uh-huh. I wasn't. I wasn't the first who did it. Um, and also, it's like if we think about it, you know, what's the difference between that and just going to Switzerland? It's like, yeah, I'm not sick now, but I will be sick. So let me, you know. Yeah. And he was he was understanding of that because at first when I was like, all right. I, d- I didn't say hello. I said, I want to die, 32, Bill Hicks. And he was like, you want to die at 32? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I can't do that. And I was like, but it's about Bill. And he goes, yeah, Bill Hicks fucking slaps. Boom, let's do it. You know what I mean? He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes, oh, I fucking love Bill Hicks. Oh, Bill Hicks. Oh, why didn't you say? Because it's funny because I did. So even though I chose to die at 32, mm. I missed my first window of death uh, at 27. Right. I nearly died at 27 in Bangkok. And I missed yeah. that window because I would have been in the 27 club. But I fucked it. You must have been gutted. I was pissed. I was really pissed. But I, you know, I made it up yeah. again. I was like, 32, Jesus died at 32. Bill Hicks died at yeah. 32. Jamali Maddox, 32. So, yeah, and I'm happy to go. Like, you know, I was happy to, you know, I'm happy to be gone. <laughs> 
You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a laugh. Oh, yeah, she has lots of laughs. 32 is a great age to go because you leave behind a legacy, you know, and after that, people really then talk up everything you did. And uh, if anything, you benefit from having died at 32 rather than living long enough to disappoint people. Yeah, I think, you know, since being dead, you know, like, This Is My House has gone from a good show to people going, it was groundbreaking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. people are like, you know, yeah. that dynamic between you and Stacey Dooley, you know what I mean? Like, it sort of goes down <laughs> now in history as one of yeah. my, you know, greatest uh, artistic achievements. I, um, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, so, yeah, 32 is when I decided to go and it was, you know, it's, it's, you know, and you, and it's also because I, I decided at 30 that I've got mm. two years, which is a weird window to give yourself. You know what I mean? It is weird. It's not, it's not quite enough time, is it? But what did you what did you do in those two years? Oh, mate, Ed, heroin straight away, day one. Smack first day. Yeah, I was on the smack. Uh, and do you know what? Heroin takes up a lot of time because that was like nearly a year in itself of just fucking yeah, 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 chasing yeah. that you dragon. Just, you can't just have one. You can't just chase one little dragon. No, 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 no. I made up with some enemies and I made friends and then I made some friends enemies just to you know switch up. Oh dear. Into, yeah, so I had like a couple of enemies that I made up with and then I had friends. Yeah. But we became enemies. Was that just for balance, for karmic balance? Yeah, yeah, karmic balance. You gotta die with a few enemies in, in, yeah. in the you've got and to. I f- and I think my friends had had a lot of time with me as a friend. Yeah. Let them see what I'm like as an enemy. You gotta make sure that there's at least a couple of people smiling at your funeral. Yeah, I want some I want there to be some and I was worried about numbers. So I wanted to make some enemies. Yeah. So I definitely knew there'd be mm-hmm. people there going like, yeah, I bet he's fucking dead. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that was, that was, yeah. So I made some enemies. Uh, I went traveling. Where did you go? I went like um, Scunthorpe and shit like that. You know, I don't know why. I, I should have gone like Tokyo and that, but yeah, I didn't. Well, you go, you go wherever the dart that you threw at the map lands, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There was sort of like a globe and I spun it. And I threw, and yeah. it was fucking scumfort. Oh, you gotta go where it goes. You gotta go where it goes. That's destiny. And I went there, and yeah. it's, it's shit. <laughs> it's shit. So you spent, so you spent two years taking a lot of drugs, burning bridges, building bridges. Did you, did you want to um, leave any anything behind? Like, I know, obviously, you left, you left behind a great body of work in terms of comedy output. But did you did you feel like you you, you had a you had a novel in you you had a book in you that you wanted to to get out or you? Didn't I think that? for me the beauty is the things that could have been. Do you know what I mean? So I want people to go. Oh, he would have wrote a great book. And what I did is I actually wrote like ten pages that were sick. Yeah. Of of multiple books. Of multiple books. So people read the first ten pages and they go, "This is brilliant." Who wrote this? Mm. Ah, he's dead. How did yeah. he die? pancreatic cancer at what age 32 <gasps> like bill hicks like bill hicks so i just wrote a couple pages of just multiple books of different genre you know i wrote a couple love i wrote a couple um you know crime novellas mm. uh noir style so they were all teasing uh, uh offering insights into the human condition yeah but never the, actually the revealing never it came. yeah 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 because yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to leave little tidbits uh what i did do is uh, I uploaded my consciousness onto a server. So when the mm-hmm. technology gets there, maybe I'll live through AI. Uh, well, you died in 2024. Yeah. And 
the technology wasn't there. No, right now, and to be honest with you, mate, right now it's just on a floppy disk. Just on a floppy. It's yeah. just on a floppy disk. Which feels very performatively archaic. Mm. It was, it was quite. It was, it was me being a bit. Because they said to me, like, hey, you know, we can put it on this, like, and I said, floppy. You know what I mean? I, I, I wanted to go out like a hipster. And you better protect that metal clip because if you lose that metal clip, that little film, <laughs> oh, you're fucked. I'm gone forever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gone. If you fuck up that little bit, of, it's pressure now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I kind of like that pressure and jeopardy. So your consciousness is stored in a, in a, on a floppy disk. Is it secured? Is it in a vault? Is it in a safe? No, no. My, uh, my sister just sort of carries it around in her pocket. <laughs> Don't ask me why. She sort of carries around in her top pocket. In a top top pocket. Top pocket, yeah. And, it's, and I'll be honest, right. out, out of all my sisters, it's not my favourite one. Right. So you're you're worried what she's going to do with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Petrified. I have no emotions because I'm dead now. But you know, it, it... what would be your preference for consciousness in terms of where you would want it downloaded to? If they couldn't put it in a human, where would you want it to go? I'm not fussy, like an Alexa. <laughs> Put on an Alexa. Yeah, but then you'd just be working all day. You'd just be at the mercy of, of everyone's whims. Yes, good point. I want it to be uploaded to VHS. You want it on VHS so people can watch your thoughts and memories. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm only doing um, obsolete uh, memory stuff. I, 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 you, know. you don't want to go mainstream with your consciousness. No, nah, man. I don't know, maybe the metaverse. Put me in the fucking metaverse. <laughs> Turn me into a dolphin. Yeah, put me in the fucking metaverse of all them fucking, you know, I don't know, them fucking weirdos and nonces. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, I'll, I'll, make, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make my living in the metaverse selling NFTs. I mean, that's the future that awaits us all. You're probably, you're probably better off out of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I'm kind of glad I'm dead. You, know, so you see where yeah. the world's going. So, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, I like to be remembered. As someone, someone who tried their best. To die at 32. To die at 32. Oh, do you know what? I hope, I hope to just be remembered in passing thought. You just want to be on a floppy disk in a passing pocket. That's it. Just a passing pocket. What I want my floppy disk is to, I want my sister to lose her jacket. And Mm. then uh, that jacket then goes to a tip. And then once it goes to the tip, it's buried underground. And then some sort of uh, child who's being bullied is running away from the school bullies, and she and then and then she falls in the dirt on a muddy day, and then she she scrounges at the floor, and all you hear is Jumanji music, and she pulls out this floppy disk, and then out you pop. Yeah. I want to be like Jumanji. Sort of like a genie that can't grant any wishes. Yes. Can only grant sort of wisdom. And also only grant satirical comedy from the year 2021. <laughs> oh, what's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on the world government China? Mate, I've been away for a long time. Jamali Maddox, look at what you've done. Thank you. Jamali Maddox there, who will always be remembered as the man who always remembered Bill Hicks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to nose around a comedian's house, take their stuff and see how much money you can make by selling it? No, that's a pretty niche thing, to be honest. A bit creepy, really. But that's the premise of Dave's brand new comedy podcast, Hard Sell, with me, Josh Jones. And me, Darren Harrier. We're going to travel the country, visiting the homes of different comedians, chatting about their spending habits before grabbing one of their favourite possessions and giving ourselves one week to try and sell it for charity in a competition to see who can raise the most money. It's a right laugh as we get to meet amazing funny people like Kima Bob, Joel Domit, Rhea Lena, Ivo Graham, Josh Pugh and lots more. But also sort of like an incredibly stressful cheese dream where we're trying to shift what are essentially stolen goods against the clock. It's <laughs> bonkers. Hard sell with Josh Jones and Darren Harrier. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.